0: Good afternoon. This is Dr. Daniel Guerra on the Authentic Biochemistry podcast. Today is the 20th day of November 2023. So let's continue on with biomedical <coughs> portrait number six. This will be chapter eight. And I want to just summarize what we talked about all last lecture because there was a lot of intermediary metabolism there. And hopefully you have completely um, subsumed that information. If you haven't, and you want to put it in a a specific statement form, um, maybe we could just say this. The cytotoxicity of the natural killer cell is a function of its bioenergetics. Okay, so... Um, in a way, you could just say the dependent variable is cytotoxicity and the independent variable is intermediary metabolism. <clears throat> so we talked about proline being elevated in the HLA patient. And I told you how proline normally can be catabolized to glutamate. I also mentioned to you that ornithine, An intermediate urea cycle can be converted to glutamate. So it looks like proline buildup means you're not getting a degradation of proline in its catabolic pathway, sequence of events. So glutamate, as you know, can be transaminated into alpha-ketoglutarate, thus anaplerotically filling up the TCA cycle. So, with proline not um, donating its carbon to glutamate synthesis, and another way of looking at it is, because we had to talk about carbamoyl phosphate synthesis, remember that whole pathway? Um, For the urea cycle, it could be that ornithine also would not be utilized for glutamate. Glutamate synthesis, and we know it can be now. Usually, ornithine is completely consumed in the urea cycle, but that's only in cells that are actively generating urea for secretion. These natural killer cells, as well as uh, T in general, are not producing a lot of urea, although they're capable of it. So that means any ornithine it's going to be made available, and it would be because there would be an intact urea cycle could well be a salvage pathway for glutamate synthesis, which means without glutamate synthesis, you wouldn't be able to utilize that as a carbon source for the TCA cycle, which gives you a further degradation of ATP synthesis. Okay, I just wanted to keep that in mind. The other thing that came up that I forgot to mention last time, alanine also is high. And, you know, alanine could be directly transaminated to pyruvic acid. So that means you're not getting much metabolic play around pyruvate. You're getting pyruvate buildup, lactate buildup, which means you're not getting much lactate (coughs) dehydrogenase as well as proline, okay, and alanine. And all of those can feed into that endpoint in glycolysis. Now, if you know the gluconeogenesis is hampered because of the FBPase-1 corruption, Exon-1 being gone, and we also remember the beta oxidation is corrupted because the acyl-CoA dehydrogenase, ACAD-9, is also faulty, right? Remember that? Because of a mutation, <clears throat> It means that you are corrupting these natural killer cells in this inborn error of immunity, um, with low or degraded levels of bioenergetics, hence there's going to be a um, collapse of the cytotoxicity of the natural killer cell. <clears throat> if that collapses, it's possible that's why you get the hyperinflammatory response, because the only thing the natural killer cell that is capable of doing is synthesizing pro-inflammatory cytokines so that's one way to summarize where we are but let's continue on because we're not anywhere near finished with this so murine natural killer cell maturation is defined by a series of changes and we talked about this about three lectures ago of cell surface protein uh, expression uh, markers so which markers are changed during nk cell maturation in the healthy state cd11b and cd27 so immature cd11 cd27 natural killer cells transition to cd11 high cd27 high then cd27 declines resulting in a new expression pattern, which is CD11 high, CD27 low. And that's what you see in the most mature NK cells. So as immature natural killer cells proceed down that maturation process, what do you think happens? Cells progressively rely less on glycolysis and cellular glucose uptake, which could mean what? They rely more on gluconeogenesis, which would be supported by either anaplerotic fill-up of the TCA cycle, such as from glutamate, or from fatty acid oxidation, which would generate enough energy for gluconeogenesis. But gluconeogenesis, remember, is corrupted because of the FBPase-1. Now, immature natural killer cells have increased cell size and granularity when comparing changes in cell metabolism and maturity status. So, these immature natural killer cells actually have increased glucose transporter and that means GLUT2 and to some extent GLUT4 expression as compared to natural killer cells that are mature so that means glucose uptake decreases over time that's GLUT2 that's the SLC pathway it doesn't require insulin GLUT4 which does you see now (coughs) transcript analysis analysis excuse me demonstrates that pathways associated with cell growth are down-regulated mature cells, while fatty acid oxidation and aerobic glycolysis are up-regulated as natural killer cells mature. See, all of this fits well with my initial statement, right? So ACAD9 deficiency in HLH because of that homozygous mutation in the disease coupled with the impairment of gluconeogenesis due to the uh, xl1 mutation fbpase might render natural killer cells unable to maintain appropriate bioenergetics <clears throat> so natural killer cells develop in the bone marrow in the bone marrow you get cd11 Low, uh, that's CD11B low, CD27 high. Remember those precursors then, uh, will mature. So CD11B high, CD27 high, that's the intermediate. And finally, it's going to be CD11 beta high, CD27 low. Those are all cell surface markers. That's the fully mature. Remember, I just went through this. So as natural killers mature, what else is going on? mTOR expression, glucose uptake, and GLUT4 expression tank, while all the expression of the genes for fatty acid oxidation, and indeed oxidative phosphorylation, increase. So the reliance on electron transport chain after the production of NADH and FADH2 from beta oxidation. So the metabolic regulation of NK cell effector function, such as interferon gamma production does depend upon the mechanism of NK cell activation, okay? So, the activation of an NK cell occurs via interleukin-2, interleukin-15, and a high ratio of interleukin-2 to interleukin-12, plus poly-IC, or activation receptor mediated stimulation, which will activate mTOR directly. And when that occurs, glycolysis is enhanced. Okay. So you have GLUT2, GLUT4, and you also have GLUT1 in natural killer cells and hexokinase 2 expression. All of that is necessary for glycolysis to be upregulated. And Another component of the upregulation in natural killer cells for glycolysis is an increase in LDHA. Their LDHA is working in the reverse because it's taking up lactic acid, converting it to pyruvate, and the pyruvate would move on to gluconeogenesis, you see? So conversely, interleukin-15, interleukin-12 stimulation of natural killer cells regulates glycolysis in an mTOR-independent way. So you get upregulation of glycolysis, yes, and or oxidative phosphorylation. (coughs) So the cells could be completely dependent just on bioenergetics generated from from cytosolic Glycolysis. Okay. Now, when that happens, when that happens, bioenergetics is greatly curtailed. Why? Because you're not getting the complete oxidation of the glucose via the utilization of the TCA cycle. So you're getting much more limited ATP synthesis, which means the NK cell now is going to be robbed from its normal. Bioenergetic full capacity, even just using glycolysis and TCA. And if fatty acid oxidation is also corrupted because of acyl-CoA dehydrogenase nine being corrupted, now you have no way to get to the appropriate, necessary ATP levels to generate what would be required for full natural killer cell activity so i don't like talking about but sometimes we can talk about the murine system the murine system when it has natural killer cell specific mTOR deletion because you can do that in mice right they of course are going to have a compromised natural killer cell development because you have an impairment to the transition from immature to intermediate to mature nk cells okay So the involvement of mTOR in nk cell maturation together with changes in metabolism during maturation is one of the ways that bioenergetics is directly linked to natural killer cell development now when you compare nk cells and t cells take a look at this so t cells normal t T effector cells that is what's going on with their bioenergetics relative to nk in metabolic sequences a lot of parallels exist between the metabolic signatures of the all developing lymphocytes obviously both the immature nks and all the t cells cd4 and cda positive as i mentioned a couple lectures ago rely heavily on glucose oxidation And glucose oxidation directly supports cell proliferation. Yes, because you're getting a lot of NDPH production because you're using some of that glucose, you know, as glucose 6-phosphate in the oxidopentous phosphate shunt. And the cells become quiescent, they acquire the mature phenotype, and then they're relying on, again, fatty acid oxidation, which is going to be dependent upon fatty acid uptake or with whatever fatty acid may have been stored at some very low level in the natural killer or the lymphocyte cell. Got it? So it's all just basically summarizing. So natural natural killer cell activation induces metabolic changes two other T lymphocytes and the T lymphocytes also play a role in natural killer cell activation how's that what i just mentioned to you all of the those classes of cytokines play a role in natural killer cell and T lymphocytic helper cell and cytotoxic T lymphocyte activation maturation okay so that means that proliferation, effector function are playing off on both the lymphocytic family of T cells in circulation upon an oncogenic event or let's say a bacterial or viral infection. Um, and that's going to be dependent all on bioenergetics But the bioenergetics itself is going to be tuned up or tuned down relative to the relative, relative to the bioenergetics that is in place to support the production of the glycosylated pro-inflammatory cytokines, which will then alter the activation of the cells, okay? So all this looks like it's contingent upon glucose uptake. So GLUT1 plays a major role in these cells. And what the data suggests is that NK cell activation is absolutely dependent upon glucose uptake through GLUT1, right? And not only glucose uptake through GLUT1, but the a complete aerobic utilization of glucose. So glucose-derived oxidative phosphorylation, is absolutely required for natural killer receptor-mediated activation. And inhibiting glycolysis by using inhibitors such as 2-DG or inhibiting oxidative phosphorylation, all will end up tanking ATP levels, which will then corrupt natural killer cell activation. It's just more of the same that you already know. Now, glutamine oxidation is very common in T cells, but not in natural killer cells, okay? So T cells are able to utilize utilize glutamine. Now glutamine is deaminated to glutamate, so the glutamate is then transaminated to alpha-ketoglutarate, and that's how the anaplerotic level of the TCA cycle is um, sated. Okay. All right. So now you kind of get some better idea here. Now, upon interleukin-2, and interleukin-12 stimulation, <clears throat> using heavy isotopic glucose, that's C13 glucose, what was demonstrated was that natural killer cells will regulate glucose-fueled fatty acid synthesis and amino acid synthesis, of course. Now, this is during the early stages of stimulation. What is that getting ready for? Cell division, increase in nucleotide, amino acid, fatty acid, and cholesterologenesis, okay? So in the Muring model, there are two mechanisms that regulate NK cell metabolic reprogramming during those early stages of activation. They are natural killer cell upregulation of glycolysis and oxfos. And that is regulated to some extent by a SREBBP mediated transcriptional program. That not only upregulates glucose metabolism, but also through the citrate malate shuttle, which we've talked about before. It's a monocarboxylic acid shuttle uh, across the mitochondrial membrane. Okay. Now, when citrate comes out into the cytoplasm, what's happening? That's where ATP citrate lice mediates fatty acid synthesis, cholesterol agencies. That's correct. And when there's an inhibition of mTOR, for example, using rapamycin, <clears throat> that impairs activation induced increase in natural killer cell size. Now, size is going to play a role in storage. What kind of storage for the natural killer cell? It's the ability to store some lipid in the form of triacylglycerol, which can be a ready, Carbon source for beta oxidation without uptake, you see. So, this is all coming together, what I was saying, in terms of all those metabolic pathways. You understand now? So, NK cell activation itself induces metabolic changes, and then those metabolic changes end up regulating the final maturation of the NK cell. All right. So I think we've got enough of that um, organized. So I can tell you that both T cells and natural killer cells require more ATP upon activation. And they undergo fundamental metabolic reprogramming as a result of that. There are different metabolic needs between T cells, Frank T cells, and natural killer cells. And this then gives you. A potentiation of activating ligands, which play a role in those subsequent metabolic and activation division associated T cell and K cell activities. Anything that seems to augment glycolysis and oxidative phosphorylation. Maintains T cells and natural killer cells in their most active intermediate maturation state, which means they're the most potent cytotoxic activities, T effector <coughs> cell, T helper cell activities, and NK cytotoxicity as well. So CTLs, that toxic T lymphocytes, natural killer cells are more cytotoxic when glycolysis is advanced. And also T-effector cells are fully functional at that stage too. And what are the T-effector cells doing? Part of their energetics is involved in dealing with the post-T-cell receptor activation after antigen presentation, okay? Now, mTOR upregulates T-cell glycolysis through the hypoxia initiation factor 1-alpha and CMIC activation. So this is also going on because oxygen tensions can also become limiting with a lot of activity, especially associated with cell division. So the control of the metabolic pathways and all the effector functions of the NK cells depends on what the stimulation source is. So while bioenergetics is definitely... The independent variable intracellularly bioenergetics itself within the nk cell is regulated by what are the effector functions of the other lymphocytes generating pro-inflammatory and therefore regulatory cytokines to promote the full activation of the adjacent natural killer cells at the site of, say, a potential infection or a potential oncogenic event. Remember, these HLH patients have severe corruption in the immune response. While they have hyperinflammatory condition, much like, say, a type 2 diabetic, they do not have the full potentiation of cytotoxicity or T, T effector cell or cytolytic uh, T cell of the CD8 positive variety. So you may have a lot of inflammation, but you don't necessarily have good immune response. You see. So this is where this play all this effector function plays a major role. Now impaired glut 4 expression has been examined in natural killer cells and when you get impaired glut 4 expression you get an alteration of nk cell division and that's associated this has been shown to be associated paper published back in 2011 the journal of cell science with colon cancer relative to type 2 diabetic obese patients. That's correct. So you know, glut 4 is an insulin regulated glucose transporter. You know it's responsible therefore for insulin regulated glucose uptake not only into these NK cells, but into adipose and myocytes. So, In the absence of insulin, GLUT4, of course, where is it found? Just buried in the intracellular vesicles. So it's GLUT4 is found in the GSVs, GLUT4 storage vesicles, right? Now, due to the hydrophilic feature of glucose, glucose itself can also go through the co-transporter SGLT. So it's another type of glucose transporter. that does not require insulin. So those glutes such as glute one, glute two, which, um, uh, those glucose transporters are within the bilayer lipid membrane. So glute two is one of the major members of the glucose transporters for glucose uptake. So you see glucose is hydrophilic. So What that means, it can be in circulation and it can be taken up relatively readily, but it cannot transverse the membrane without vesicular aid, some kind or some other kind of opening of the plasma membrane, such as could be afforded by GLUT2 and GLUT1. You see, because glucose water soluble is not going to move through the hydrophobic core of the membrane, so. The way those glute transporters work is when you have relatively high concentrations of glucose. Okay. And when glucose levels start to be uh, de- start to tank, then that means that the glute transport is also going to fail because you need high glucose levels to be able to trigger the SGLTs, which include GLUT2 and GLUT1. Okay. So these are sodium glucose co-transporters, right? And so that means that during hyperglycemia, that's usually associated with type two diabetics, there will be sufficient glucose uptake through those glucose transporters. But during hyperglycemic conditions, those Glute transporters, such as the SGLTs, um, get associated with what's called proximal convoluted tubules. And those tubules then do not allow the appropriate insertion of the glute transporters in the membrane. This, of course, exacerbates the hyperglycemia in type 2 obese diabetics okay and so let me uh see where we are we're probably close to the end yeah we are i was going to get back into the rab protein in our hlh patients but i wanted to give you that complete understanding of glucose transport means to take up glucose to drive nk cell and t effector cell and cytotoxic T-lymphocyte activation. Now I think you've got that as the other component of the signal around this entire disease state, which is again an inborn error of immunity associated with an inborn error of metabolism. Okay. So we know a lot about those two separately. Now we're combining the two in these very unfortunate diseased patients. I'm going to end here, and we're going to continue on a little bit more on intermediary and metabolism, and ultimately finish this series of lectures on, uh, well, at least on this component of the natural killer cells. We have a little bit more to say about lipids, of course. Dr. Dan Guerra, twenty November, twenty twenty-three, on a Monday evening, saying, "Bye for now."